The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3280. We're going to continue our series of looks at essential Ahsoka Tano episodes leading into the Ahsoka series coming out in just a short couple of months. Today we're going to be talking about the season finale from season 3 of The Clone Wars and a two-parter, no less. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we talked about the episodes from Season 1 of The Clone Wars that Lucasfilm deemed as essential Ahsoka Tano episodes yesterday on the podcast. Today we're going to talk about the next couple of episodes, which are the two-part season finale episodes from Season 3 of The Clone Wars. That would be Padawan Lost and Wookiee Hunt. And looking back on it, you know, more than a decade after its release, the setup of the episode is a little bit questionable, basically, I guess. So, you know, here's the deal. Like, the planet Felucia is hotly contested between Separatists and the Republic. And so our heroes are initiating a, an attack on a base on Felucia. And this is another episode that features Plo Koon. So it makes me think, oh my gosh... Why do they keep doing <laughs> this? I'm wondering if this means that they are going to suddenly decide Plo Koon is going to show up in the Ahsoka series. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, I know that there is a strong connection between Plo Koon and Ahsoka, so it makes sense that these Clone Wars episodes would end up featuring him. But yeah, my mind is spinning a little bit on that. But I digress. The plan to attack this Separatist base involves splitting up Plo Koon with some clone troopers and Anakin with some clone troopers and Ahsoka with some clone troopers. Ahsoka is around the back and has to get up the back wall. She gets all of her clone troopers up, but meanwhile there is a Trandoshan lurking in the jungle for some unknown reason. Why there is a random Trandoshan hunting around on Felucia when all of this warfare is going on seems a little bit strange, but he takes advantage of the situation with Ahsoka being by herself and taking her by surprise, zaps her, drags her away, brings her onto a prison ship. And somehow this prison ship is also able to escape from the system without the Republic noticing it? I mean, yeah, so the... All right, so setup <laughs> questions aside, Ultimately, the setup of the episodes is that Ahsoka gets captured and dragged off to a random moon where she's going to be hunted along with other captives as part of coming-of-age rituals for various Trandoshans and entertainment and sport as well. Now, first of all, the difference between Season 1 Ahsoka and Season 3 Ahsoka is significant. It is really surprising, and you kind of don't get the sense of that until you watch it in this way. Instead of just watching straight through and seeing the gradual development, the change from Season 1 Ahsoka to End of Season 3 Ahsoka is very noticeable. The brashness is there, the fearlessness is there, the confidence is there, but it's definitely calmer, 
quieter, more self-assured, doesn't need to be, you know, postured, that sort of thing. While she's on this moon, she encounters a group of Jedi younglings who have been captured and have survived various hunts, but they're doing it by staying on the move and keeping low, and they're just surviving. Ahsoka does not want to live out her days that way. She wants to fight, and she tells the younglings, this is what my master would have expected of me anyway. And so she figures out how to organize them to fight back. Unfortunately, this does not end without casualties. Of course, the leader of these younglings, who definitely did not want to participate in this way, naturally she's the one who ends up getting killed. Although this character, Khalifa, did go along with Ahsoka's plan, but it was after she challenged Ahsoka and said, don't overestimate your abilities, and Ahsoka said, I'm not, but then the first hand-to-hand -hand combat Ahsoka has with one of the Trandoshans, she gets knocked around and dazed to the point where it's only Khalifa coming out of nowhere and choking this particular Trandoshan that Ahsoka actually lives to tell the tale. Still, though, the incident is energizing for Khalifa and for Omer and Jinx, the other two younglings, and there's another engagement which gets Khalifa killed, sadly, and then Omer and Jinx. Despite this, they decide that no, fighting is still the way they want to go. They definitely don't want to run and hide like the incident does not force them back into their old ways. So their next plan is to try to attack one of the prisoner drop ships and they manage to completely trash the thing and crash it and eject the one prisoner that was there, which is, big surprise, Chewbacca. And when you're listening to the music of this, this episode, you hear the Star Wars theme come in and you're like, oh, wait a minute, what's happening? And yeah, it's Chewbacca here, which is, of course, very exciting. And so they work with Chewbacca to salvage parts from the ship to create a transmitter which starts working while they're working on another plan which is hijacking one of these little hover pods that Trandoshans run around in and flying up to their fortress base that's up in the clouds of this moon. And there's a funny scene where one of the younglings tries to do a Jedi mind trick on the Trandoshan and the Trandoshan is like ha that's not gonna work and so Chewbacca clubs the Trandoshan on the side of the head and that definitely <laughs> softens them up for the Jedi mind trick. Anyway, they get up to the platform and they're fighting all the Trandoshans and the big problem here is that in one of the fights, Ahsoka killed this Trandoshan Gar. It was going to be Gar's first hunt and potentially first Jedi kill. And Garnak is the guy heading up this hunting lodge and is super mad about the fact that Ahsoka killed her kid, or at least that's the way he's seeing it. Fight, fight, fight and eventually the Trandoshans get the drop on everyone, but just in time the transmitter has started working and it's gotten a signal far enough to Kashyyyk where a dropship shows up being piloted by the bounty hunter Sugi. Surprise, surprise. And that's also fun because Anna Graves does the voice of Sugi. Anna Graves also does the voice of the Duchess Satine. But Sugi shows up with a bunch of Wookiees and says, hurry up, I'm charging by the hour. And Tarful is one of them. They all start knocking heads around. And yes, it gets very exciting. Meanwhile, a Ahsoka and Garnak have one last showdown. 
Ahsoka has to push Garnak off of a ledge in order to keep him from continuing to go for his weapons, and that's the end of Garnak. She didn't necessarily want to kill him, but there's apparently no other solution in that regard. So when they get back to Coruscant and Anakin finally sees Ahsoka, and Anakin has been worried sick about her, basically. He just says, I'm so sorry. I failed you. I couldn't find you. I should have been keeping a closer eye on you. And Ahsoka has to say, no, none of this is your fault. And in fact, you saved me. And he's like, huh? And she says, you know, it's your training that helped me survive. And it's your training that helped me be a leader to these other people, these Jedi younglings and with Chewbacca as well on this, on this moon in this very precarious situation, this very dangerous situation. It's your training that helped me survive. And so, yeah, you were with me the whole way. And it echoes something that Plo Koon had told to Anakin earlier on in this two-parter, that if you trained her the right way, then she'll find her way back to you. And that's exactly what happens. So they have a lovely reunion. But in the meantime, Yoda is watching this happening. And he's got a bit of a pensive look on his face. Like, oh, yeah, something's not quite right here. And it might be the fact that Anakin was maybe a little too emotionally attached about this situation. And losing his Padawan, somebody who's like you know a younger sister to him, that's a big deal. And Anakin's emotions may not be totally in control the way... Jedi should. Surprise, surprise. So to wrap it up, we are seeing a quieter confidence in Ahsoka compared to what we saw in season one. We're seeing a maturity. We're seeing her development as a Padawan where she is now feeling capable of leading people, of organizing people to follow plans and strategies and work while she is outnumbered and outgunned and still find a way to be victorious and to be fearless in the face of overwhelming odds against her. And that is going to do it for our look at another pair of essential Ahsoka Tano episodes leading up to the Ahsoka series coming out in a couple of months, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.